Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. While in the upper room, sharing the Passover with his disciples, Jesus shares and teaches. Today on Drawing Near, we listen as Jesus reveals a troubling insight. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 22 and study, heading to the garden. And as we prepare for today's study, let's go to the Lord together in prayer. And our Father, the passages that we're dealing with are troubling. They stir our hearts and minds in ways that few passages in the Scripture do. I understand, Father, that our sin, our condemnation, warrants violence, warrants a physical, visible judgment. These things are hard for us to understand. We have grown to be a passive sort of people. We call ourselves civilized. And in fact, what we do is we overlook sin or we treat serious sin very lightly. But Father, all sin to you is abhorrent. It's horrible. It's wretched. And it's a violation not only of your law, but it's a violation in total disregard of who you are. When we sin, we sin against you. And you took our sin, and you put them on the Lord Jesus, and you judged our sin on the cross. Father, these things that we read are are troubling because we love the Lord Jesus, and as we watch in the Scriptures what he goes through, we suffer as we watch. But we also know, Father, that he is bearing our suffering. This is not just a man who we watch be judged and condemned falsely, but we see that he is judged falsely because we are being judged rightly. And that's disturbing. Father, help us to bear with these passages, not to avoid them or overlook them because of their disturbing nature, but rather to accept them, embrace them, and to see the truth in them, and to allow our hearts, even though they are being pierced, to worship you and glorify you for your insurmountable grace and mercy. We thank you for your love, for you demonstrated that love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Father, help us now to study, to think, to understand, and then to live according to your truth. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So once again, Judas has departed to betray Christ. Jesus has just told Peter that he will deny him three times. And now in verse 35 of Luke chapter 22, we read the following words. And he said to them, When I sent you out without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said nothing. Then he said to them, But now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For the things concerning me have an end. So they said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, It is enough. As we share together in Luke chapter 22, all the passages leading up to and through the upper room, and now as Jesus begins to get ready to go to the garden, it becomes apparent to me that a great distance is developing between Jesus and his followers. 
Now, there has been a distance between Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes, the priests, and a distance grew between Jesus and the people. But now there is a great distance developing between Jesus and his disciples. Jesus sees clearly what is taking place. He has known this is where he has been going from the beginning. But the disciples seem to be more and more in the dark. As Jesus gets closer and closer to betrayal and arrest, trial, and crucifixion, he is going further and further down this path alone. And I think we see this great chasm truly developing in this passage. When Jesus talks to them, he says, remember when you left and you went out and you shared the gospel message and I told you don't take money bag or knapsack, sandals, don't take an extra bit of clothes, don't take any provisions for yourselves. Did you lack anything? And they said, no, Lord, we lack nothing. That was a miraculous thing. God provided as he sent out the witnesses. In verse 36, he says, but now if you have a money bag, take it. If you have a knapsack, take it. And if you don't have a sword, if you don't have a weapon of defense, then sell a garment and buy one. Now that's odd language. And I think a lot of what happens in the upper room between Jesus and the disciples is a little cryptic, a little odd. Before they weren't to take anything and they were going to be provided for, but now why do they need to take a money bag and a knapsack and a sword? Because things are changing. Jesus is getting ready to be taken from them. Their ministry is going to be different. Their lives are going to be different, at least temporarily, because Jesus is departing. The shepherd is going to be killed and the sheep are going to be scattered. And I think part of what Jesus is saying here is, you're not going to be well-received. You are going to become enemies of other people. Now, I don't believe for a second Jesus is saying, stop trusting in God, and that he's not going to provide for you. I don't believe he's saying it's time to take up a sword and now it's time to fight. That's not really the point. The point is things are changing. The shepherd is getting ready to be taken. He goes on and says in verse 37, For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. Well, what was written? And he was numbered with the transgressors. And that's from Isaiah 53. Jesus is going to be numbered with transgressors. Jesus is going to move from the disciples, move from his being rabbi of these disciples and moving about freely. And now he's going to be betrayed and arrested. He's going to be hung on a cross between two thieves. He's going to be numbered with transgressors, not just the transgressors on Calvary, but he's going to be numbered with the transgressors that are you and I. He is going to, for the first time in his eternal existence, bear sin. He is going to know the weight, the guilt, and the shame of sin, not his own, but ours. And this innocent, holy Christ is going to die on the cross as a sinful person, not with his own sin, but he's going to die bearing and carrying the sins, the weight of the sins of humankind. He goes on and says, for the things concerning me have an end. In other words, there's a fulfillment coming. He is not going to stop short of going to the cross. He's not going to stop short of being the Lamb of God. He is going to do what he came to do. And he's sharing this with the disciples. And he's sharing it in a way that no doubt they did not understand. 
They heard, okay, we're supposed to get our money bag. We're supposed to get our knapsack. We need to get a sword. And so they say in verse 38, Lord, look, here are two swords. And we know Peter takes one. And he said to them, it is enough. And I think when he says it is enough, he is saying that with sorrow. He's saying that as though he were dealing with children who didn't have a clue. You didn't get it. You can't get it. It's enough. Because as Jesus clearly understood what lie ahead, the disciples had no clue. There's no doubt in my mind that they think, okay, it's time to go to war for the kingdom. Jesus is getting ready to ascend to his throne, but there's going to have to be a revolt first. They didn't get it, but Jesus did. I think this is true of each one of us. There is an alienation that develops in the heart and life of a Christian. When we walk through this world, through the darkness of this world, amidst sinners who are blinded by their sin, and we know the truth. Now, we may not know all of the truth. We're certainly not as knowledgeable and as aware as the Lord Jesus Christ, but we know the truth. And there is sorrow in that alienation. Praise the Lord for the church, because we join together and we can encourage one another and comfort one another, and we can be there for one another. We are the body of Christ, and he is our head. But the head of the church, the head is getting ready to go to the cross so that the body may be formed. We need to rejoice in that, but we cannot miss the sorrow and the loneliness, the alienation that no doubt Jesus experiences. And we're going to see that going further to the garden and then in the garden and then before the Sanhedrin court, Pilate and the cross. These are important passages of Scripture, but quite honestly, but they're troubling because of our sin and they're troubling because of God's love for us. We need to rejoice in them. We need to endure them, for he endured them in reality for us. Father in heaven, help us to see the truth of your word. Help us to understand. Give us spiritual insight and wisdom and discernment. Thank you, Father, for your indwelling Holy Spirit, for the work that he does in our hearts and lives. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. Help us, Father, to walk circumspectly in the world, following Jesus by faith, looking forward to the promises that are yet to come. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.